Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so I decided to do a feel-good interview, and serendipity intervened, and I was introduced to photographer Diane Kahn, whose new book, Holding Hands, is about the deep connection that we make with simple human touch. And Diane is a street photographer, and she didn't set out to do a photo essay, and she took her first pictures just by chance, spontaneously. Diane's experienced depression uh, throughout her life, and as she took more and more photos, she says she was stunned by the sense of well-being they gave her. She's taken thousands of images, and they're all taken from behind, which evoke a certain type of intimacy. And they ask the questions, why do we hold hands? How can a fleeting moment of contact heal us? But I think what makes her book so wonderful is how much our spirits can be lifted just by seeing the simple touch between two people. Hi, Diane. How are you in sunny California? Good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. So you have, uh, you're uh, sort of a street photographer. That's the, that's the kind of photography that you've been doing because you do have a book about bicycles, a photo book about bicycles, which is pretty cool. But today I want to talk to you about your book that was released in the fall called Holding Hands. And the uh, sort of opening quote on your website is connection is the beginning of everything. And that really, really struck me. Where did the idea of the book come from? I would say it's been a really organic process. First, it started with the photos. And uh, I started taking photos a long time ago as a kid in Quebec. And um, I was the family documenter is the short version. The very few photos that we all have from those days because you had to get the film developed and all the rest of it. I was the one who took the few family ones that we have. Uh, once digital cameras came out, I was taking photos of everything. And then with an iPhone, I found I was learning to take better photos. And I accidentally took photos of people holding hands from the back on my way to trying to get another photo. And I realized I loved the image. I didn't know who the people were, what they were doing, but something about seeing those two hands interlocked really spoke to me. And that's what I started taking pictures of about six years ago. So you basically, you stumbled on the idea. You were, you were looking for something else. And then, then this um, sort of image really struck you. And I'm interested as well, because you said taking photos from the back. And the reason that you did that was because it was more um, sort of a, a touching and revealing than taking a picture of someone or a couple from the front. And again, there's there's grandparents with kids, there's parents with kids, there's young people. It's, it's, you, you cover the gamut of relationships. But why is it, why do you find it more intimate taking a picture from the back than the front? Because most people obviously would think, oh, it's the from the front because you see it in their face and their eyes. Well, that's the problem, so-called problem. For example, I have a wedding photo of my husband and me taken from the front, standard wedding photo. It's lovely looking at it. Okay, we could be even holding hands, but you're look, you find yourself looking at the face and, and not the rest of it. Then there's one casual photo that the photographer took of us at the altar holding hands from the back. And this has always been my favorite wedding photo. It's the one I would grab to take out of the house. Not the face ones, that one of the hands. And that has stayed with me all these years since 15 years ago, since the wedding. 
Do you have an idea of why people hold hands? Because there's, you know, um, I'm not going to read the list of, of words that you use, but there's vulnerable, hopeful, centering, energizing. Is, is it, a, is it a, a spontaneous thing that people do to, to reach those kinds of connections? I think so. And I think it's actually a multi-layered answer because on the surface, it just feels good even to hold your own hands, frankly, it just feels good. And that, and it's a way of connecting and, and being in touch with another human, literally on a very basic level, being in touch with another human. And uh, on, if you go a little deeper into the physical body beyond the surface of holding hands, it turns out as, as you know, to be really good for, lowering anxiety and blood pressure and heart rate and provides feelings of connection. And it turns out there's so many nerve endings in the hand that the connection is felt instantly, even fingers. A lot of people just hold a finger I've discovered from the photos. And there's some very deep primal need, I think, that gets filled when we hold hands. But you would certainly experience that as a, as a kid, right? As Absolutely. a kid holding a parent's hand is that sense of safety and that you're you're in a place. I mean, I think it's safety, love, um, awareness, all of those kinds of things. So, but that is still the kind of connection that we're looking for and seeking out as as an adult. Yes, absolutely. And and everybody talks about it. I remember reading a line in the New York Times during COVID of somebody who said who had lost their partner and said, "What I miss most is holding his hand." You know, and I think that's that's a long I think it's a longing actually for connection that many of us have. And I've also discovered that in it turns out I found a scientist at University of Virginia and um, even looking at images of people holding hands can change the brain. Just seeing that connection can affect the mind and the brain, which for me has been really important as I've been dealing with my own depression and uh, looking for tools and ways to feel better. You said you you describe a sort of a feeling of comfort comfort and and well being um, that you experience from seeing those photos. That sort of was a surprise to you when when you Absolutely. were taking them. How many photos did you take? I would say I have about eight thousand separate photos of people holding hands over the years. I mean, sometimes there's 20 of one couple as I run along behind them waiting for the light and everything else to be right. But I certainly have, I would say, the biggest collection of photos of people holding hands taken from the back in the world. I would say that must have been a little difficult to curate for your book. It was. It was. And it was overwhelming, which is in one way overwhelming. But in another way, it felt so good to just keep looking at these photos. I always felt better when I looked at them. And I've gotten that as responses from the book, as you said, that came out last fall. And um, people have been great about it. The reviews on Amazon have been amazing because everybody has a different perspective, but everybody talks about feeling better. What's your favorite photo? Uh, the very back page, two older ladies uh, walking hand in hand with their canes. The canes are at the same angle. They're bent over at the same angle. And I just wonder what their story is. If I ever saw them again, I would literally run up to them and say, tell me about yourself. Well, that's interesting because they might look at you like, oh, what are you doing? I mean, did anybody ever turn around when you were running after them to get the photo and say, what are you doing? Uh, once up in Harlem, 
I was following behind a, sort of a group of people, two of whom were holding hands. And somebody turned around, looked at, looked at his friend and turned around behind him and said, hey, she's taking your picture. And I just pretended I was looking at my camera and walked across the street. Right, right. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your experiences with um, mental health and mental illness. And it started when you were a child yes. with your mom. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about that? I had what I would now call, you know, it's so difficult when you're going through it. You don't have, well, I didn't have any perspective. And back then in the seventies, nobody talked about it. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly in Canada. I mean, I come from a long line of frugal Scots Presbyterians and uh, feelings were not to be discussed. And my mother was an over-functioning depressive and um, meaning on the surface, everything looked okay. She did every activity. She was a great mom. There were five kids. My dad was there. And um, I knew she had a bout of depression because I found her after an overdose when I was 16. And she went in hospital in Montreal, came out, and a year later, she died by suicide. And um, I, this is just 46 years ago, as a matter of fact. And, you know, it, it, I spent the next 25 years trying to save her. After she died, I, I kept trying to figure out how to turn the clock back and make it not happen. And it was it was so tough. There was there were no resources back then. And one of the things I'm really grateful for these days and and I, I this all happened in Can when I was in Canada. So I, you know, did look for resources and ways to talk about it, feel better. And it was really, really hard. And the good news today is that people are talking about it and there are blogs and websites and zooms and online meetings and addiction is more talked about and depression is more talked about and I'm so relieved about that and I've discovered over the years that for me working with my own depression has been really about finding tools in a toolkit there's no one solution even medication isn't isn't the solution um, necessarily, although it's life-saving for a lot of people. But for me, it's about finding little tools that work. L all the things you hear on the list, exercise, having connections, making friends, showing up, sunlight. And for me, literally looking at these photos and looking at this book has been a wonderful project. That. Yeah, it's um, I agree with you 100% medication is very helpful, but there has to be some lifestyle things that you do as well. And uh, what I learned uh, was that in so many people just take this for granted, but like you said, sleep, eating, exercise, exactly, and, and getting out. And I was really fortunate when I was when I was ill. I had a dog, and I'm a big advocate for having some kind of pet. I like I love dogs because you have to go out. You know, you get, well, I lived in a in an apartment in Toronto, and I had no choice. I had to take my dog out, no matter how bad I felt. Mm. You um, have just gone through a very horrible experience. Um, you lost your husband. And I don't know if that's something that you, you feel you can talk about um, and how that's affecting your life right now. And I guess, the, again, the connection with the book and how the book might be helping you in that. Well, my husband had many careers and his very first one was photographer. And he was an award-winning, came second in the Pulitzer as a teenager and he took photos his whole life and I learned so much about him. And I thought the photo had to be of a scene and it did that he, he photographed people a lot and, and it was such a lesson to me. And the book is dedicated to him and the dedication reads to Mace, 
who taught me how to see because he really did. And he followed this book. As a matter of fact, he said along the way, when are you going to do something with all these pictures? Once I'd, I'd knocked sort of 5,000 photos and was so proud of myself, he said, what are you going to do with all the pictures? So um, the book slowly came together. <clears throat> he was a great supportive, constructive critic on which photos worked and which didn't. And I'm so glad it was finished and dedicated to him. And it's now out on Amazon, Holding Hands by Diane Kahn. And he's aware of that. He was here. And right up until the end, he's, he was supportive. And he was here in the house right up until the end. And he was, you know, speaking right up until the end. And I was very aware that I was going to lose him. And um, we have always been handholders, literally. I can tell you exactly where we were the very first time we held hands and in the wedding photo, we're holding hands and we always held hands. And at the very end, I was very conscious of holding his hand and saying to myself, remember this, remember this feeling now of holding his hand because it won't be here for long. And now I can jump back to that memory and, and remember sort of puts me back into it with him because I was so conscious then of taking it out of, out of that context and bringing it here so that I would have it now. And I'm really glad for that. And, and I know he's here and sees me and is watching over and it's, it's um, it'll take time, but I'm really grateful for all the years we had together. It's amazing. The simplicity of, of holding hands that that's, that's the memory that is going to stick with you. And, and the more I talk to you, the more I'm getting this sense of the intimacy of holding hands, which just seems like such a, a normal thing. I just want to circle back a second when we were talking about um, depression in, in general and in the population. In Canada, uh, the good thing that we've experienced over the last couple of years is what you said is there's a huge amount of awareness that's come out uh, Everybody has always, everybody's always been touched by some level of mental illness, whether it's yourself, it's a, it's a family member, it's a friend. Um, the statistic in Canada for years has been one in five people are living with some level of mental illness. That was the number in last fall. So fall 2020, am I going to get my, my numbers right? Fall 2020. So I shouldn't say last fall, fall before. I'm so confused. I never get out of my house. I don't know where I am, what I'm doing. Uh, six months later, in the spring of 2021, it had increased to one in four, which is a massive jump in the number of people. And again, it's the first time that that has happened. So we're seeing this devastating effect on, on our mental health in the past couple of years. And I think that what you're seeing to me, there's kind of two things. And, and one is there's the physical connection we have to have with people, but there's also these lifestyle changes um, that we need to make. We need to get medical help if that's what you need. Sometimes it's the simplicity of, of holding hands. You donate a portion of your book to a foundation, a research foundation. Um, and I want to I wanna talk about the importance of supporting this because I don't want to come out of COVID and then it just all goes away and nobody, you know, we all start to feel a little bit better and we go back to where we were in our discussions about mental illness. So what, what, what do you see as the importance in that? And, and if 
what do you think is the most important area of mental health uh, that people can be supporting? I think for me, you know, it, it sounds simplistic and I've read about it over the years, but something about COVID for me really brought life much more down to a day at a time. You know, it's still COVID. What do I do today? And um, this idea of having a toolkit, literally like one of those, you know, giant toolboxes uh, that people have with a lot of different things I can use in it is has been really helpful. And the one thing that the organization Hope for Depression Research Foundation does is they support a lot of different ways of, of working with depression, because that's basically what people who are depressed are doing. We're working with it. You know, do people, some people stop having it. Some people never stop having it, but what can I do today? And I think one of the things that'll come with us after COVID is um, being able to look more closely at what we're doing because we've had all this time by ourselves. What do I want? How do I feel better? Oh, I read a meditation book. Oh, I meditate. Oh, I walk. Oh, I look at pictures, whatever it is. How can I feel better for today? And that those are the organizations I'm interested in supporting in general and, and, you know, cheering for talking about it also is so huge and important. You uh, photography is very cathartic for you. Um, this is not your, your first book. What do you say to people who are not photographers, but are out? What can they, and they're out walking, what can they take away from what they see in interaction between people in a time where we just really don't have a lot of interaction with other people? That's a really good question. It's, it's interesting when you first started asking the question, uh, I was thinking about looking around at your environment, one of those old adages of being where your feet are and you know, looking at the trees, the bushes, whatever, the flowers, the non-flowers in the winter, but also looking at people, not just being in your head, but taking in your environment as you're moving through the world can be really helpful in feeling what you're seeing as opposed to just flashing by on your way to do whatever it is you're doing. I know that um, my partner, Rob, and I used to say to her, you know, if you just, if you smile at people, if you, you feel better, forget the person, like forget whether the person feels better. Generally they do, but you can feel so much better about yourself just by smiling at the people who walk by. And so she started smiling at every single person that walked by. And she said to me one day, you're absolutely right. Wow. You do that when you're, you know, walking downtown and all of a sudden your spirits are lifted. So again, that's that kind of uh, human connection. I guess you're seeing with your eyes and not through the lens of a, of a camera or, or a phone, because I yeah. don't think you can really take a picture of that, but uh, you see it through the, the lens of your eyes, which is also can be very lasting. Absolutely. And I will say in New York, it, it's not quite the same when you smile at people. They, <laughs> they wonder what you're doing. But in LA, and I'm sure in St. Catharines, it works much better. When I'm out walking, I either just wave with, you know, silent wave or say good morning or smile. And it absolutely makes a difference. Absolutely makes it. And it makes a difference in how I feel as a smiler. Yeah. It's funny how sometimes people will just walk by you and they don't even look at you. Um, and, and I'll say, and I'll say, wow, you know, sometimes I think, how hard is it just to, to wave back? Now, who knows where their, their head is at 
at that time. Can you just give some final words on um, just sort of summing up what, what we've talked about and the human connection that is created if uh, from your book? So that people have a really clear understanding why uh, I've, and I should say they can go online, like you said, on Amazon or on your website. Um, my, oh, you need to move it over for me a bit so I can read this. My book, Holding Hands, will be an indigo in chapters later this year. Yay. Yay. So that's great for, uh, for people here. Although um, we can go on, on Amazon, but indigo chapters, of course, is a Canadian company. So we love it. What would be your message for people who are picking up your book for the, for the first time? Is it to, to go, you know, go through the whole book and find their favorite picture? Is it to relish each picture as you, as you go through to make a connection? You know, it's interesting on the back of the book, I actually, at the very top above the photo, wrote, this book is meant to be experienced. And um, on purpose, I left space a couple of you'll go a couple of pages without seeing a quote. There are a number of quotes in the book that seem to tie in with the photos. For me, it's it's a it's an experiential book. It's looking at pictures of connection. And my hope is that people will feel better, even if they flip it open and look at one photo, even if they look at the cover and and remember that feeling of connection, because I do believe that some, you know, in everybody's life somewhere, they've had a feeling of connection as a child, a teen, although many people may be single, especially during COVID and alone, this is a way of feeling that connection. And it really can change the brain and be one of those tools that helps us be in the world a little more. You have two websites. One is your, I believe it's dianemcon.com. So that's Diane with one N and con with two N's. Um, but you also have one that's dedicated just to this book. They are holding hands.com, I believe, is yes. the website. So um, people, like I said, people can go on. You also have Instagram and you have a Facebook page, but people can go on. They are holding hands.com and go through uh, some of the, the pictures that you're taking. Personally, I'm a very tactile person, especially when it comes to something like photography. Um so I would love to be holding the book and, and going through that. But I have also gone through the pictures and they're, they're, they're just fascinating when you, when you have looked at it a number of times to really be able to take in what some of the pictures mean, because it's a, it's a very interesting concept. Um, again, looking at someone from behind and being able to get the message out of, of who they are, what their connection is with the person that they're walking with and it really does make you feel it made me feel part of the world again mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is a tremendous feeling mm -hmm. and I think the other thing that was really helpful for me with the book is that it's organized from the youngest children holding hands to end with parents all the way through to the oldest so we really take in that over the course of life we all want connection we all want to be connected and it doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, where are you from, anything, you're, you know, you're allowed to have connection and be connected and, and feel good about it. 